ladies and gentlemen. You are now tuned in to Mastering Mitzvahs. Mastering Mitzvahs. A podcast focused on creating the perfect bar and bat mitzvah celebration. Offering tips, tricks, and trends to ensure an amazing event. Mastering Mitzvahs. From New Jersey's own explosive entertainment. Explosive entertainment. I know you're going to dig this. And here they are. Your hosts, Jordan Marshall, Dylan Weissman, and Mike Langser. I love today's topic. I, yeah, you know what? There's definitely an innuendo with the name of the title, but it has nothing to do with anything suggestive or provocative by any stretch. We deal with 13-year-olds. Everything's provocative. <laughs> well, for them, I guess so. Not, not in our world. We will watch the way you say that. Um, so does size matter? So Dylan, I, I came up with this title because I've been watching a lot of podcasts and, and learning more about how to be successful in this whole podcasting world. And one of the things is you're supposed to have a catchy title and, and sometimes our titles are just very vanilla. So does size matter? Yeah. So we're, we're talking about, um, well, happy Hanukkah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, before we jump into a podcast, the other thing that we're supposed to be doing in the world of podcasting correctly is we're supposed to talk about upcoming things that we have going on. So let's not forget to shout out that we're, our Super Bowl showcase is officially booked. We're officially promoting it now. It is going to be Super Bowl Sunday, February 4th, is it, I think? I oh, see, we're not prepared at all. No, we it's the 12th. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday this year, 2023, that we're going into. And it's going to be a Temple B'nai Tikva in North Brunswick. And I'm so excited. We did a showcase last year, but... It was like coming right out of COVID. There was still a lot of people afraid to go to the showcase. Uh, you know, I'd say more than half of the guests that were there were wearing masks. And then it snowed. And then there was snow. We got yeah. that snow yeah. for like the first time all year. Um, so I would say that this Super Bowl showcase that we have coming up that we're going to talk about a lot in the upcoming weeks is going to be like, it's, it's the holy grail. I mean, we're coming back to as big, if not bigger than ever before. Yeah. Um, so... Uh, we are, we are so out of order here. We talked about the topic, but then we moved away from it. And then I said, happy Hanukkah. Then you said Super Bowl showcase. So, yes. uh, Did you like your menorah? Uh, I did. I did. Mine's, no. mine's actually coming out today. I'm, I'm, I missed the first day. There's a lot going on. But today today will be night one and two so, for us. So Noah Noah goes around. She She's speaking full sentences now, my, my two and a half year old. And she goes, daddy, it's time to light up the menorah. light up light it up (laughs) light it up um so yeah man uh yeah first night was great but um one more thing to talk about before we get into business here yeah is we're done for the season our last mitzvahs of 2022 just happened this past weekend we're recording now on monday the 19th of december so saturday the 17th of december we had two back-to-back parties you had a morning one at orem I had an evening party at the Sheridan in Eatontown, and uh, the mitzvah season has come to a closure. It has. Have you done your uh, by the numbers yet? No. Um, there was a post on one of the groups that I'm a part of that asked, you know, how many events did you do personally? So naturally, I was interested. This was by far my busiest year ever. I did 75 events. Wow. Most wow. of which were mitzvahs, right? But 75 of them. 
That's 1.44 a week. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, the, the reality is, I think I did this once years ago, but there's something about 35 or 36 weeks out of the year that are actually like in season weeks, you know, that you, you take a side like now, like, you know, you got Hanukkah, Christmas, you know, New Year's, like there, there really are little to no events in this upcoming, you know, period, uh, summertime, you know, it, the way day camps or sleepaway camps, there's very few events. Right. So to do 75, you think you said in, you know, 36 weeks, really? I mean, your, your average of 1.4 is really averaging two a weekend when, when we're moving. See, see the bags under my eyes. You see, see, you see the rundown look I got going on today. That, that's that's seventy five events. Um, but it was a great season. It was my favorite season I've ever had. Um, and I think that explosive just did a lot of really cool things this year. And we're gonna uh, unveil them and and take them to the new to the new level um, uh, at our Super Bowl showcase. So did, did you see my about. Facebook post last night? What was that? Did you see my Facebook post on Saturday night? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that's that's what you're talking about. Like we we succeeded in crushing the season and it was really heartfelt for me. Here's our transition into our, our today's podcast, but it was really heartfelt for me because it was such a spectacular party and I would say it was it was uh, almost no frills. Like there was nothing really over the top about it, but it was such a great party and the energy from our team was just electric. Um you know, a lot of the frustrations we have as business owners, like getting people there on time or getting them to understand the importance of a setup and, you know, like none of those hurdles were hurdles. We were there early. The whole team was there early. I pulled up at uh, 3.59 for a four o'clock meet time and my crew was waiting for me, which was awesome. We set up, a, we had three hours to set up and we set up in 56 minutes and then we had two hours to just like chill and hang and like nobody was mad about it we were just having a good time and the most amazing part was at the end it was hard to express in words in a pot in a um facebook post the bat mitzvah girl was one of the most mature sweet like appreciative guests or guests of honor i've ever encountered on her own accord she came over to everybody on our team and made a point to speak to everyone and said, I want to thank you guys. This was amazing. I couldn't have asked for it to be any better. And it's like, that meant more than anything. Those were honest words that her parents didn't like force her to do. And normally at the end of the night, you don't even see the kid. The kid's like so busy, like saying goodbye to their kid, their friends. And like, they're they're out, you know. We're, we're lucky sometimes to get a thank you from the parents because they're so drunk and busy saying goodbye to everybody. But this was so heartfelt. And um Dylan, what I, the reason for today's podcast, I had less than 100 guests at my party. And that's yeah. what I mean by, you know, does size matter? And I want to talk about that. Like, So so let's set it up then. Um, and that's great. I'm so glad that you, you know, it, it invokes emotion, right? And that's, that's what we do here is uh, a lot of what we do is, is emotional based. So that's awesome. So does size matter? We're going to talk about um, the amount of guests you have, the size of the room, the size of the staff and personnel that's there. We're talking about a lot of these things. So does size matter? And let's talk about the very, very obvious one in your guest count. And um, I'm going to start my ideas of does size matter in, we said it here before, but I think something that we learned coming out of a pandemic or a post pandemic world is that the people that are there are the people that should matter. And the, the 
ideas of the political invites, like inviting um, dad's associates and inviting like grandma's twice removed cousin that you've never met. I think those days are, are slowly but surely behind us. And I think that when you keep it to a more intimate setting of people that you love and care about, um, I think that goes a long way. And I think that energy is contagious. So um, I think in some cases, less is more. You don't need 200, 200 plus people to feel full. So let, let, let's let's rip this one apart a little further. The examples you just gave were all adults. Um, you know, dad's associates, you know, grandma's twice removed cousins. But let's also talk about kids because there is some thought that you have to invite the entire class of you know students. Um, and then you know, if the kid is an athlete, you're gonna invite their team in full, and you know, you might invite their entire Hebrew school class also. So you have possibly three or four or five pockets of you know groups that you're collectively inviting this past saturday they didn't do that i mean there was 36 kids of which some of them were cousins or or whatnot so there were i would say probably in the mid-20s of numbers of kids invited and what i think made it so awesome is that those kids were genuinely good kids that really cared about the bat mitzvah girl um all too often we talk about parties that have, you know, 80 or a hundred kids and there's three or four bad apples in that group that spoil it for everybody. They're just, they're destructive, obnoxious. And you know what? They're probably not the best friends of the guests of honor, but they got invited by osmosis because of this thought process that you have to invite everybody. So, you know, I mean, we could really dive so deep into this, but you know, the moral here is invite the right people, invite the people that matter and the people that care. Yeah. We, we talk about it to our wedding clients a lot, and I think we should talk about it to our mitzvah clients a lot more, is <clears throat> the people that you invite there should be an extension of the type of vibe you want. Um, you know, if you invite a bunch of uppity, uptight, you know, um, uh, political invites, whether it be kids or adults, like kids, you invite the kid that like, um, is the cool or popular kid in class and you do it because you, your kid feels as though that'll help their status. But then that kid pulls the attention away. Like it, it changes the perspective. It changes the vibe. And I think that we've got to give a little bit more thought into who we're inviting to these things because it will help your event have its own personality. If you invite a bunch of troublemakers because it's the cool or the suave thing to do, you're going to have trouble at your event. Um, but if you boil it down to brass tacks and you have a mature conversation with your, with your kid, I think that you're going to have a much better result in, is this person going to effectively make your celebration better based on how they're going to make you feel, how they're going to make you act, how they're going to make you uh, interact with people, then they should be there. Yeah. If it's going to adversely take away attention from you or make you know, something happened that you don't want to happen, then they shouldn't be invited. Yeah. So uh, let's take this to the next level is booking the right space. And and this is a very tricky piece. Like hands down, I fully understand how tricky this is because you might fall in love with a venue that has a minimum requirement of 150 or 170 guests. 
now you're paying for them either which way. So now you come back to this whole political, well, I guess I'm going to invite dad's coworkers or I'm going to invite grandma's neighbors, you know, because you feel like I paid for it. I got to, I got to, you know, use it. Um, so finding the right space is really important. The party that I had Saturday that I'm just so electric over was truly in the right space. In, in fact, uh, the MC had called me, you know, he got there first and he says, Hey man, just letting you know, we're in the small room. I was like, awesome. And he's like, you think it's all going to fit? I said, yeah, it's going to fit. And the party looked so good. Like this room just, the room was the right size room for this party. The dance floor was perfectly sized. The adults were on one side of the room where the bar was. The kids were in the lounge on the other side of the room. And it all just fit. And, and at no point did we feel lost in this vast cavernous space. But by no means were we smushed either. Um, and that is super tricky because sometimes you fall in love with a venue for one of many reasons, you know, proximity to your temple or your home, convenience for your guests. But you got to cater. There's a lot of things that go in. Yeah. There. You got to have an idea, though. How many people do I really want to have before you fall in love with the right room? Well, Mike, you've been you were, you know, years ago, you were a banquet facility manager and you worked in a massive space that dwarfs even 200 people. And it becomes very, very tricky. So then you come into the, the space of layout. Um, a long time ago, I heard some crazy stat that was something like you need two and a half feet from back of chair to back of chair for adequate service. Do you know anything about that? There's like probably that. a metric to it, but I, yeah, it was I, would like that, actually, it was like, I would think it's probably more than that, but, but at least five feet makes sense. So, yeah. so I think that I think that the size of the venue also lends itself towards like food service. So if you're going to be having a buffet, you don't need a whole lot of space between tables because people aren't coming through with trays or with multiple plated courses or anything like that. But then you have um, the other side of it where if you're going to have multiple plated courses, you need a little bit more space between tables. So that comes into play here. Well, so I'll, I'll, I'll disagree to a little extent there and say if you're doing buffet, you need a lot of room for the buffet. Well, that right. So for the actual station. Yep, and, um, and the you know the corral a line of guests, you know, in queue for the food. So, so it's uh, a different type yeah. of it's a different type of space at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you also consider dance floor. Like you don't want a dance floor that dwarfs your party. Like um, we know some dance floors that are massive, and even when you have two hundred and some odd guests. So what I like to do is add in um, little buffers, like uh, high top tables, like the LED acrylic tables on the outsides of the dance floor to kind of shrink that space towards the front. That way, those who aren't on the dance floor can still be a part of the party. And that energy is contagious. Like, just by the the idea of having more bodies in a sp specific space, you know, you just feel right. that. Right. Um, the the so space, the, the, the managers at that space need to know their room and how to use it wisely. Um, we, we fielded a question not too long ago that came in online that, you know, a client was obsessed with a particular venue, but they were concerned it was too big. And the, the answer was really simple. It was just bring in some lounge furniture, bring it closer to the dance floor. Like the outer perimeter could be vast, but you know, you want to feel cozy on the dance floor. Um, well, you know, what's funny. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> you guys know my, my saga going on with my, with my house and me and my wife keep talking about like, you know, we want open concept, uh, as we redesign this thing. And, um, Open concept just simply means that you have flexibility in your in your spacing. So, like by adding in 
a couple high tops or a couple lounge pods, it cuts the space into two different segments that allows you to have a fuller feel on both sides as opposed to being this vast, you know, cavernous space that 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 dwarfs your celebrations. Um, and you're going to want that energy. You're going to want that style. So um, things like lounge furniture, things like um, accent pieces, uh, what Orum does really, really nicely is they bring the dessert station to the dance floor allowing guests to be on the dance floor and have dessert at the same time as opposed to going somewhere different. Um, both of those ideas, just helping you kind of chop up your dance floor a little bit. It, it gives you different looks, but keeps everything centered. Mm -hmm. focused. Mm -hmm. um, but so to answer your question, does size matter? We talked about guest count. We talked a little bit about your space. I want to talk a little bit about um, like, you know, we see a lot of these like cool, unique spaces, having it at the ballpark, having it at the airplane hangar, having your celebration at um, a nightclub style facility. That is all cool. But I'm seeing more and more. I'm actually doing a walkthrough tomorrow. My One of my first walkthroughs in months. It's not a bad idea to have a walkthrough with your entertainment teams to kind of go over what works what doesn't in your ideas and doing this you know nine ten months in advance it gives you a little bit of time to digest some of these ideas and i'm excited to do this one tomorrow in teaneck um to to just kind of see this space and help this family develop something cool um so that'll give you a, a really good leg up in helping develop a, a fun celebration space um I, that, where I, i'm, a, I'm a firm believer that you could take most spaces and make it work you just have to think creatively on seating, timing, you know, food presentation. Uh, you know, we, we've done vast spaces with small groups and we've, we've done, you know, the opposite. It just needs to be well thought out, you know, right. and that, that's a big piece. Um, Dylan, I want to talk about the size of the crew because this is a really interesting topic. You know, I do. I do want to talk about the space one more time. Go ahead. Some people are, feel as though they're limited to the tables and chairs that exist not lounge furniture tables and chairs 60 inch rounds 72 inch rounds 12 shafari chairs you can get creative by renting for a very very small amount of money different size tables that will help you so if your venue doesn't have the size tables that can help you get creative like you don't have eight foot banquet tables and rectangle tables and you, they only have circles you can get creative because circles take up a lot of space. You can get skinny and create like dais tables for kids. That stuff is great. So I would I would say if you feel like you're trying to fit a square peg in a round hole with round tables, you can rent for very, very inexpensive amounts of money, different size and styles of tables. Yeah, certainly. I don't I don't want to miss I don't want to miss that point. No, that was a good point. Um so I want to talk about size of the crew. This yeah. is a really interesting topic because I feel like for years we've always said, hey, if you're having a small party, you know, 100, 120 guests, you want, you know, two dancers, you don't need three or four. Um, and, and, you know, there's like a untold metric that we kind of go by. I had, again, less than 100 guests, but I had three dancers. Um, and when we did our pre-shift meeting, I said to them, guys, I want you to realize in a small crowd, you can't get lost. So every action that you make is going to be witnessed by this group, by the audience. So you need to be in it 24-7, like on uh, A game. And if you not think that, about, Not that they're not on an A game. No, but, but, 
you, you think about, you know, if we have three dancers for 175 guests, they're kind of lost in the crowd a little bit. Like, and I don't mean that in negative, they're, they're still doing their thing, but like not all of the guests are able to see the dancers at the same time when they're in pockets of a big dance floor. But when it's three dancers in a, in a room of 90, it's pretty likely that they can all be seen at all times. Yeah. So, you know, there's no escaping. Like, they got to be at 100 miles an hour the whole time. And I think it it clicked, you know, when they were performing, like, and especially, you know, Andrew, who's like six foot three, like, he stands out on the ground, literally, you know. And that's why we use stages, too, is to stand out. But I remember when, when Jordan came back from New Orleans when he did the party out there last year, and they had, I think he said 500 or 600 guests, and we had four dancers. He said, you know, they didn't even see the guest of honor. Like, the, the guest of honor was lost in his own crowd. Our dancers were lost in that crowd. Um, and while we might have been effective to the 15, 20 people that were around us at those moments, the other 400 plus people didn't see us. So, of course, you know, that whole, you know, the size matter. Yeah, that the number of guests that you, have has some direct correlation to the input or output that our dancers are able to give off. So I'll, I hear it at least once a month in the coordination or sales process. I hear it at least once a month. We don't need dancers and we've done so many podcasts on why you do need them um, in so many different ways. But you know, the, the, the size of the crew makes a difference. And I had a conversation with a, school a school is planning a multi-school like sweetheart dance for february and they're like we're gonna have probably 200 fourth fifth and sixth graders from three different schools and i said well you probably need four dancers and an mc and they said well why do we need so many and i said would you put 200 kids in a classroom with only two teachers, would you do that? And the answer is no, because the direct relationship between the person of direction and the person receiving direction becomes a lot less. So I just, you wanna have that command, but you also wanna have that impact. And, you know, we love the idea of big performance where, you know, we have all of our dancers on stage and everyone's doing the same thing, but also, just the small pockets of people. You know, we love the idea of getting into small groups and having one-on-one -on -one or two-on-one or, you know, 16-on-one little, like, connections because that drives a celebration. And you don't realize the output energy that comes from there. So by having four dancers for 200 guests, it allows each dancer to have a, approximately responsibility of 40 or 50 people. And that's a lot more manageable from an entertainer's perspective. Right. So when you think about it, um, you know, one of our packages is the essentials package. And I always tell families that this is a four person entertainment team. And that's the sweet spot to start MC DJ, two dancers. And what ends up happening is I tell them if you're going to have over 125 ish guests, I don't know if this is the right size package for you, especially if you're going to have somewhere like, you know, 50 or 60 kids because you really want to make sure that you have enough people controlling the, the, the guests in a way that's positive. Um, so I look at it from a perspective of what's the break even, what's the ratio between our staff and guests that are there. Right. Right. 
Your dog, by the way, just loves going up and down the steps like arbitrarily. My, huh? my dog has developed such severe anxiety by living in this six by six <laughs> box because the cats pick on him. <laughs> like the cats run around all day and pick on the dog. And I, I'm, in, dog. I'm enjoying as much of your conversation as I am your animals just going up and down these steps. I live in a six by six box. Someone, someone who can get the permitting process in Furlong, Pennsylvania to move a little faster. That'd be great because my animals are like they're developing extreme anxieties uh, well, about living in for, this. Furlong, Pennsylvania is is the sheriff also the guy that's responsible for uh, the permits and he's leave, also leave me alone. Uh, leave me alone. Yeah, he's delivering your mail right now and you know doing it all. <laughs> Stop it. Size matter. Oh. My, my small my small town. Yes, your small house. Does the size matter? Yeah, uh -huh. that matters. <laughs> so. One other piece of the puzzle, you know, we talk about it a lot, but it, it, it's very, um, uh, you know, realistic to this conversation too, is the number of enhancements and, and, and maybe the positioning of the enhancements kind of goes back to the room layout, but Saturday again, which, which I'm calling a perfect party, um, the only enhancement was a photo booth. And I'll, I'll be honest, the, the room was so tight that the photo booth was like actually on the dance floor like the physical kiosk the feet of it were on the dance floor i love that it i love that so good like I'm, I'm using this as a positive it was so good the alternative was to put the photo booth in another room and i was not having that no so, no you, you want to avoid that yeah so we had the photo booth in the main room um the kiosk was physically you know with its rubber feet on the dance floor it was six feet away from the backdrop, which was up against the wall. And the guests used this photo booth so much because it was, it was right. there. And the point I want to make is not to have too many distractions. This room didn't allow for it. But if the family wanted air hockey and foosball and ping pong and all these other things, I would have said, no, you don't have enough guests. If guests have distractions, we're making our own job a lot harder on the dance floor. I call it... I call it the 10% rule. Every single activity is going to just exist with 10% of your guests. The bar, the food, the dance floor, the bathroom, every single outlet you have is going to occupy 10% of your guests at any given time. So if that's the case, are you, can your celebration handle, if you have 100 guests and you have five enhancements, can your, can your dance floor handle missing almost your entire party to enhancements and you obviously want them to be used, but you don't want it to be abused. And you also don't want it to be taking away. I love the idea of having steam outlets for these kids to go and find other activity when the dance floor isn't their thing, but it should really all come back to that dance floor. If that's the type of celebration you're having. Um, that, that comes down to knowing who you invited, which is, you know, the, the first 10 minutes of this conversation if you know that the guests are just nonstop dancers, you don't need those, you know, steam outlets. But if you know that, you know, the kids are easily distracted and easily bored, then yeah, you need some place for them to blow off the steam and, and, you know, then you need a room that's big enough and so on and so forth. Um, right. Yeah. A lot, part, of time, part of this a lot of times podcast is is does size matter is does your budget size matter i mean that's a big piece of it too <laughs> uh look i mean the you gotta yeah yeah you gotta know your budget but um or you gotta be you gotta be realistic with your budget but i think that when we talked about um 
you know, the, the enhancements and, and how it works together. Um, there are ways to get a lot of fun enhancements without a lot of space. One of the ideas that, that, that was coming to me is you want a photo station, but you don't have space to put an actual like eight foot by eight foot box in your room. Do a roaming photo station, mm -hmm. right? You don't have space to do a, um, a, a tattoo parlor. Get one of the digital print tattoo stations that is a singular person with a kiosk that's going to walk around and do tattooing on the fly. Um, you don't have space to do, uh, you want to do something crazy like airbrush. Well, maybe airbrush isn't the right artistic design for your guests. Instead, do a iPad digital caricaturist station. So a lot of what we do stems from the idea of mobile entertainment. We take something that's supposed to be stationary and bring it to life somewhere different that doesn't exist typically. Mm -hmm. You know, it, the idea of mobile entertainment, we are pushing the jukebox from the built-in wall at the soda fountain to your temple. But now we're doing that for everything, right? With the idea, the introduction of food trucks. Now you can have Shake Shack come to your party. Um, same idea goes for your enhancements. I think that when you bring it to life from the idea of, can I take something that doesn't normally exist in this space and put it here? And the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, let's tie this one up. But I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a question your way, impromptu. Um, as we close out the year, Dylan, what's the one takeaway from all of the bar about mitzvahs that you've done that you know is the number one nugget you want to share with the the listeners here? Um, you said you did 75 events. I would say 50 of them were probably mitzvahs. So what's the one item that you want to share? to close out 2022 do your events for the right reasons that's my takeaway the families that have given me the best celebrations throughout this year are the ones who genuinely were excited to celebrate the accomplishments of their bar mitzvah boy or their bar mitzvah girl or they were genuinely just so relieved to be able to have a celebration where they get their family and friends together they weren't keeping up with the Joneses. They weren't uh, trying to outdo the party beforehand. They The best celebrations that I had this year were the ones who genuinely were excited to do it for the right reasons. That's my takeaway for this year. Nice. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm going to say spend wisely. And I don't mean be frugal, but I mean know where your spending is most effective. And if, if we were to take the last, I don't know, maybe we did 40 podcasts this year because we certainly didn't do them every single week if we were to take 40 or so of our last podcast and, and you know take out each episode uh, highlight something we talked about you know we talked about swag and maybe having too much of it you know spend wisely in your swag department we talked about you know unique photo booths spend wisely and and have the right photo booth for your guest count for your space for your theme um I mean, I could go down the list, spend wisely in photography and videography services. If you think that, you know, you're the type that wants to have a, a video that you're going to relive for the rest of your life, then get the right videographer. We see so many people cut corners in the wrong places. And boy, that's frustrating. Um, somebody actually just told me that they got a video back and they were so disappointed and they love their photography. They hated their video and it was, it was an all in one kind of deal. Um, they just, you know, they, they trusted the process uh, 
without doing the homework, I guess you could say. So spend wisely, know what you're getting. And that's my tip for 2020. I feel like we can do a whole like best of podcast. Do you feel up to doing one the week between, you know, Hanukkah, Christmas and New Year's? Because we can do that. Exactly. No, but let's open up 2023 with that. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm signing off and uh, we're not podcasting until next year, my friend. All right. Sounds good, man. Well, this cool. is fun. Um, it's been real. It's been real. It's been a great year. Uh, the way I, I, you know, phrased it in the Facebook post, we learned a lot this year. We dealt with a lot. Um, uh, we learned a lot last year and we dealt with a lot. This year was kind of the fruits of all of those learnings. And uh, It was our best year ever. So strange. It was our best year ever. Yeah, felt really good. So let's sign off episode 114. Does size matter? The answer is yes. <laughs> <laughs> See ya.